The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibald. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today on this lovely Tuesday, 24 hours away from a brand new episode of Season 37, Spies, Lies, and Allies, which means... As always, it's time for our super fast review preview to get us caught up and ready to go for tomorrow night's brand new episode 10. As always, there are three sections to this podcast. First, a 90-second review of everything that happened in last week's episode just to get our brains back on track. Then, discussion of anything that went down on Aftermath or in the in-between time from last week to this week's episode. And finally, some predictions and thoughts heading into tomorrow night's episode 10. No housekeeping to speak of today, so just straight fire challenge content coming at you. Let's go ahead and get started. First up, as always, we got to kind of get our brains back to what happened last week. Remember everything. It's been a long five, six days now whenever you're listening to this uh, since we watched the last episode, episode nine, and there was a lot that happened. The Vet Alliance was done. Vets going for vets. So here we go. 90 seconds on the clock. We'll see if we can keep our streak intact, I know it's been a couple weeks since we did one of these episodes, but we've got two in a row that we've actually got under 90 seconds. So let's see if we can do it again. Let's set the clock here. 90 seconds. Three, two, one. Let's go. After Priscilla and Jeremiah's win in choice in new partners, there are no more rookie rookie teams, which means a vet will be voted into elimination for the first time this season. And with that fact comes new alliances. Corey and Nelson are nice enough to sit down and make a list, which we thought was a no-no, of the three potential groups. There's Devin's crew, which is Devin, CT, Tori, Ed, and Kyle. Big Brother, Casey, Josh, Amber, Emmanuel, and Corey's group, Corey, Nelson, Jeremiah, Bettina, Priscilla, with a couple floaters undeclared in the middle. A daily challenge comes and sees the cast wrestle in the mud over soccer balls. New loyalties are revealed. Corey lays Josh out physically and with his words afterwards. And in the end, Logan displays some good gameplay to cut a deal with Ed and Nelson to get the win for he and Nani. Then there's a party. They do shots, they dance, and they talk about wanting to get challenge champs out. And because everyone is terrified of CT, it's mostly the women looking at Amber and Ashley as targets as challenge champs. Deliberation comes. It's between Ashley and Corey. They argue for their lives because I guess their partners don't matter anymore. Ashley, with the help of Amanda, gets the upper hand over Corey with not so good a help from Nelson. Corey and Bettina are voted in. At the layer, Logan and Nani pick Jeremiah and Amber to go in. The two teams play Hang in the Balance, where they have to bounce as a team, walk across an odd-shaped balance beam while carrying puzzle pieces to the other side. Once all pieces are put in the puzzle, they put the puzzle together and they win. To begin, Amber and Jeremiah find a rhythm, take a huge lead, but after a lot of falling by both teams, like a lot of falling, Corey and Bettina find a strategy and the communication method that works. They erase a huge lead and complete the comeback victory. Amber and Jeremiah are sent home, and just as Corey and Bettina are ready to pick new partners, TJ drops a bomb and says simply, you may rejoin the group, and we wait until next week to see what that means. Dang it. A minute 38. Not quite there, but very, very, very close. Only only eight seconds over, and again, we're back to a 90-minute episode last week. A lot, a lot happened. I could have, I think we pretty much covered everything that mattered right there in that 98 seconds, but there could have been a whole lot more. So, that's everything that happened last week to get you kind of back on track with where we are in the world. Now, let's move into our next segment and talk about everything that went down on Aftermath immediately after that episode and in the in-between time between episode 9 and tomorrow night's episode 10. To the between time we 
go. Always a lot going down in the Challenge universe. And this past week uh, certainly was one of those weeks where a lot of things were happening in and around the Challenge universe. But as always, with this particular review preview show, we are going to stick to all the things that relate to this current season of the challenge. There's a few things from this week uh, that don't relate to this season that uh, we maybe will just briefly just mention that they exist at the end, but we're not going to comment on those. We stick to things that relate to this season. So let's start, as we always do, with the challenge aftermath. We didn't get to talk about aftermath last week. Our disclaimer, as always, is that the Challenge Aftermath, hosted by the truly wonderful Devin Simone, is an awesome program, and you should be watching it. If you love the Challenge, you should watch it. Sorry that I say that every single week. It's just how I feel, and I need to say it. But if you didn't, or even if you did, let's talk about a couple things that happened on Aftermath that are noteworthy for the season moving forward. Um, We'll kind of do these in reverse order of more or less importance or how much time they got on Aftermath, just because the last two kind of correlate to stuff that happened outside of uh, Aftermath and in the between time. So let's start with the fact, uh, one little thing that was pointed out is that Logan gets a lot of shine on this episode of Aftermath for being the strategist. Um, He displayed, as we talked about in our recap episode, displayed great strategy in this episode, both in-game, in the moment, and and then assuming power, how he wanted to use that power, everything. And we've been singing Logan's praises for a couple weeks now. We moved him all the way up to second in our new individual power rankings, which we've gotten a lot of interesting uh, comments, positive and a lot negative on our power rankings that we posted a day or two ago. Um, but Logan, Nani sings his praises, everyone there does. And then Logan, when asked, like, how, what's your master strategy here, has a very good detailed response and basically, you know, sums up that get as much info as you can. Don't tell a single person that info. Don't tell anyone the plan. The less people that know the plan, the higher the possibility the plan can be executed. A lot of great stuff. So he's continuing to rise in the ranks and continuing to seem more and more like a threat, not just to maybe make this final, but to but to be, can we get another a back-to-back rookie champion? We shall see. But Logan the strategist on full display there. Another note from Aftermath, Corey and Amanda uh, throughout, um, while they are they're kind of put at odds a couple times uh, on the episode, even when they're not put at odds, the two of them are sitting next to each other on a couch, and they just very clearly have some tension. I think there's a lot more, uh, something else maybe happened between them, or they've just maybe been around each other so much in the reality television world for so long that I think the two of them just clearly, like there's a couple times where it wasn't just, they're both very good at the kind of fun and games of like talking some shit or making little, you know, quips and comments here or there at each other or at others on the show. And it's always very kind of lighthearted and laugh. And there was a couple times they did it to each other where it was like, ooh, there's a little extra behind that. There was That seemed a little closer to 100% serious than some of the other comments have. So just notice that. Don't know if something's going to eventually happen on the season that maybe could explain why there might be some extra tension between those two. But then we've got the two, the two biggest storylines of Aftermath that both tie into storylines from uh, the between time of the show. So let's talk first about Amanda and Fessy. This episode of Aftermath opens with... Um, with Devin, uh, host Devin, going right at Amanda and be like, hey, last time you were here on this couch, Michelle and Fessy were here. We were talking about Michelle and Fessy getting together and then not, and you called Fessy the Thanksgiving appetizer. And now 
y'all are posting pictures on Instagram and are together and everything. And remember, uh, if you don't know, the you know the challenge is filmed and we're watching it you know two to three months maybe even after it's actually happened in real life the aftermath episodes are not filmed right away they are filmed not in the moment by any means they're not live but only a couple weeks uh removed from them they film two or three at a time uh i believe but they go to new york they film a couple they come back another a few weeks later they film a couple more so on and so forth um and so in this episode is a little bit more present day where Amanda and Fessy have been dating and they call that out. They call out Amanda for like, I thought he was just the appetizer, but now you're back together. And Amanda talks a bunch of shit about Michelle and says that, you know, she thought they were going to be dating and Fessy never thought that. And then Devin's like, so are you and Michelle cool? And uh, Amanda's the short version is no, but it has nothing to do with her and Fessy having been together. It just is Michelle, in her social media um, existence, I guess, on social media. There's not a lot of specifics given. So possible rivals for any future season where rivals are partners, Michelle and Amanda now, possible exes. uh, Fessy could do an entire season of exes where it's just him competing with multiple different partners over and over and over, uh, which would be an interesting twist on a format. Um, But Amanda and Fessy, in this version of Aftermath, are back together, but in the real world, are no longer together because Fessy Fessy went and fucked up. Uh, Challenge Mania Live Tampa, the Challenge Mania podcast, Derek Derek K and Scott Yeager, the OGs, Derek OG of the Challenge himself, but Derek and Scott OG Challenge podcasters and media members do these live events. They bring a bunch of cast members in, and they had one this past weekend in Tampa, and Fessy was one of the cast members to go, and there was a video that came out later the night after of Fessy getting rather close and flirtatious with um, what is believed to just be some fan of the show that maybe attended earlier in the day and then found them at the club that night. Anyways, he's, he's getting very flirtatious with a woman. There's a long video of this. This video is then posted all over social media. And of course, Amanda is tagged in it over and over and over. And Amanda immediately responds, calling Fessy, quote, a fucking trash bag and says she is done. And they're canceling all their trips to see each other in the near future. And it's totally over. And Fessy's one response on social media so far was a caption that said, quote, I just want a woman to love me which of course was ridiculed for saying women and not woman, Um, (laughs) which at this point we just got to say the Fessy fan club, which we are still very much a part of, relates strictly to Fessy in the game. Uh, We are not going to condone or uh, compliment or really comment on any of his, his actions when his relationships outside of the game, but uh, which we, you know, whatever, but Fessy Fan Club is very much just about Fessy inside the challenge house and on our challenge screens and maybe not so much on the outside world. All right, so that is what happened. Those two are no longer together. It doesn't really affect the show moving forward, but it could certainly, who knows, the way Devin talked about it again on um, Aftermath this week, maybe it comes up on yet another Aftermath in the future here. The other final thing then that was... uh, kind of discussed, debated on Aftermath and then relates to also went into the in-between timeout and the social media was that $500 gift card. 
back in deliberation of last week. It was Corey versus Ashley. They were going back and forth. And for some reason, Nelson chimed in to try to help his, his guy, Corey, uh, by calling out Ashley for being the least trustworthy, the most selfish person there because of back on Final Reckoning when Amanda kind of put herself up for elimination to avoid Ashley having to go in, ends up getting sent home. Ashley goes on to win, steals the money from Hunter, takes a million dollars home, and Nelson calls out that she did that for you. You stole the money from all of our friend, and then you didn't even give her any money. All you gave her was some $500 gift card, which we get confirmation both from Amanda in the Aftermath episode that there was no $500 gift card. That's not true. She's not sure who started that rumor, but it never happened that the only thing she ever gave to or that Ashley ever gave to her was she bought her some nice gifts when her child was born as a, you know, baby shower, baby gift, whatever. Ashley then confirms this out in the social media, long uh, Twitter thread that, yes, she never gave Amanda any money, that Amanda wouldn't accept any money from her, even if she tried, that all she did was buy some gifts for Amanda's child when the child was born and some of the birthdays. But she also then has, quote, at the end of her long Twitter that, quote, if Amanda needed anything, a vote, money, to bury a body, she already knows, heart emoji, I'm always here, end quote. So uh, Amanda and Ashley have each other's back. They are sisters till the end, but no money was exchanged, and it just makes everything Nelson attempted in that deliberation all that more weird. Um, so those were the main really the main storylines all the all the social media beef as far as anything related to this season was pretty much just about uh fessy and amanda um and pilot on fessy um and about this whole gift card thing and ashley confirming denying everything whatnot um everything else that happened in the in-between time as we mentioned a few notable things took place that don't really have anything to do with this season, so we're not going to comment on the Johnny Bananas Morgan-related news. Um, same with the Polly Cara videos that have been going around with their thoughts on the current casting. Um, none of this was relevant to this current season, but very well could eventually be relevant to future seasons. So, um, expect some comments in the future, but for now, while those were big stories in the world of the challenge, they don't pertain to this season. So for now, we're going to avoid them and move on to our final preview and predictions for tomorrow night's episode, which we've got one key thought and idea that has surfaced regarding tomorrow night's episode and the rest of this season that we've got to discuss. So let's do that now. Looking ahead to tomorrow night's episode, episode 10, we have crossed the halfway point. We expect or we're told uh, this is an 18-episode season again, so we're going into episode 10. We're entering the back half of the season here. And the big cliffhanger of episode 9 was that Corey and Bettina, they win. They don't get to pick their partners. They're asked just to rejoin the group. And on the next week on, we see TJ making some big announcement about how the game is going to be played moving forward. And on the recap episode, we discussed that we felt very, very confident this was going to be them playing individually, and we changed our power rankings to individual and everything. We just completely assumed that's the only thing that could be happening here is they're moving from pairs to individuals. And playing the rest of the season as individuals. Our main evidence for that was the idea of if it's an 18-episode season, we got to start eliminating only one person instead of two, or we're going to have almost no one left to run this final by the time we get there. But we also noted 
during that recap episode that there was something um, during last week's elimination that we noticed but we didn't realize may have been a clue. And the thing that was in last week's elimination was the puzzle they had to put together was the Cutthroat logo. Season 20, Cutthroat, one of the iconic seasons of the show, mostly because of the Johnny Bananas backpack, CT picking him up, that whole thing. You know what it is. If you watch the challenge, you've seen that clip at least, I don't know, 78 times. Um, So, the Cutthroat logo was there, and we noted that it was there and that that was interesting and whatever, just shout out to Cutthroat, but what was then brought to our attention by our buddy Jake over at Challenge Edgic was that maybe that was a clue as to how the next season, could, or the, the next season, the rest of this season could proceed, that maybe instead of going into individuals, maybe they were going to break it into three teams the way in Cutthroat there was three teams, and he brought this to my attention. I found it very interesting. I started to believe it a little bit myself, started to kind of daydream about who those teams would be and whatnot, but ultimately decided, you know, I think it's still going to be individuals. It's a cool theory. I liked it. I liked playing around with it, but I think it's going to be individuals. But then something else happened, and that thing that happened is on Aftermath, there was a slightly more extended version of the next week on, the same next week on we saw at the end of last week's episode, but just a a tiny bit more extension. One of the little extra frames that's added in is on the daily challenge this week, there is a symbol in the background. Um, They're they're breaking a bunch of rocks. I I don't know exactly what they're doing in the actual daily challenge, but there's a glimpse of during the daily challenge in the background on all of the stations, there is the Cutthroat logo again. And once is just a nice little shout out. But to have it in the elimination and then to have it again in the next daily challenge, that seems like it definitely is a real clue. And that makes me think that if you're going to put the Cutthroat logo in there multiple times, the moment I saw that, I literally saw it an hour or two after Jake had brought this, uh, this clue or this idea, this theory to my mind, And I was like, oh my God, I went from thinking it was really fun, but not buying it at all to now we got our second clue here already. And now I kind of think that that's the way we're headed. So who knows? They're certainly not going to be in pairs anymore. If they were, they would have let Corey and Bettina pick their partners, we assume. So not pairs. That's pretty much the only thing we can rule out. Is it going to be individual or is it going to be teams? And if it's teams, is it three teams of six or two teams? What have you. But I think it's either going to be individual or these three teams of six. There's 18 left, so if they're going to go three teams and do the cutthroat thing, it would be three teams of six. So on the off chance it is, let me give you, I spent way longer than I should have, uh, sat down with a little notepad, wrote out the 18 people left, and what would be the most fun teams? If they did do three teams of six, what's the best case scenario for, you know, whether it be a draft and they end up with teams or uh, TJ just picks them, producers just pick them, whatever. What is the best case? So I have two options for you here. There's two versions of a best case scenario. If they go the team round, there's three teams of six. There is either one best case is let the actual alliances work together, let friends work together. And the other one is try to pit every single enemy on a team, try to put every single alliance split up. So version one would be if they just kind of, if they let basically the alliances that exist be the teams and they make the bet most competitive and fun version of the teams that allows friends to be with friends and stuff so that would look like this it would be team one Corey, nelson ed priscilla ashley and amanda t1 
Team two, CT, Devin, Kyle, Tori, Emmy, Bettina. Team three, Josh, Manuel, Logan, Casey, Nani, Big T. So essentially, you would have Devin's crew, the Big Brother one, and the Corey Nelson one, the ones that were kind of laid out in this episode with um, some additions on, but you'd get Corey and Nelson on a team, Ashley and Amanda on that same team together. You'd get CT, Devin, Kyle, Tori, Emmy, that crew all on a team together. You'd get Josh and Casey getting to bring Nani and Emmanuel with them and Big T and Logan, a little romance together on it. So you'd get all of these connections all on their own team. You'd get real great team unity and it would be very, very cutthroat competitively going against each other, but might not be that interesting when it comes to who would get voted in from a team and anything like that. So the actual best case scenario is total chaos. And those teams would look like this. Team one would be CT, Josh, which that's all That's all I need to see. I just want to see CT and Josh have to work together. CT have to work with the goof, Josh. But anyways, team one, CT, Josh, Emmanuel, Amanda, Priscilla, Bettina. Team two, Devin, Nelson, Ed, Ashley, Casey, Emmy, Team three, Kyle, Corey, Logan, Tori, Big T, Nani. Doing this splits up Josh, Casey, they're split up. Casey and Nani, they're split up. Corey De- and Nelson, they're split up. Corey and Kyle, who just got into it, they had to work together. Devin and Nelson, who don't seem to really like each other that much, they got to work together. As we said, CT would have to work with Josh, Amanda, Ashley, they're split up. Casey, split from everyone and put kind of put on her own little island and the rookies very evenly placed throughout where they could maybe actually gain some ground and some power. Those teams would be fantastic. That was the best version I came up with. If you have, if you want to take the next 24 hours, come up with your own version of if they go to three teams of six, what is the best case scenario for what those three teams look like? Share them with me on Instagram at challenge historian would love to hear your ideas. Those are my best case scenarios. So that is my kind of the one preview item to talk about going into tomorrow night's episode. The final thing we got to do here is always we got to make some predictions for tomorrow night's episode on these Tuesday review preview shows. We always make three predictions for the very next episode on the season right now. We are eight and a half out of 19. So we have fallen under 500. We've got to have a good week here. So eight and a half out of 19 on the season so far. This week, we've got three predictions for tomorrow night's episode. Those three predictions are going to be this. One, I think we are finally, finally, we are going to get the Tori Emanuel hookup that has been teased a few times now. I don't think we would have seen any of that before if there wasn't going to be some resolution to that in the future. And they both just seem like people who are out there to have a great time in that house. So I think Tori Emanuel, some sort of hookup cuddling, some sort of romance is put center stage there between them. Number two, Ed and Bettina are going to get picked by the agency to go into the layer. I do think whatever form of agency or power, whether it's teams or individuals or whatever happens, I do think that the the, the vets going at each other is strictly going to amount to who's voted in. Um, and I think whoever gets to pick, if someone still gets to pick, I'm going off of whatever version of format we come up with, someone still picking people to go in. I think rookies are probably going to get picked still to go in by whoever's in power. And I think Ed and Bettina are, unfortunately for them, like both of them a lot, uh, are going to get picked to go in by whoever the agency or power position people are. And third and finally, because we just talked about it, we're going to put put it on the line and say, predict team or individual we're going with I think 
they are going to do teams. I think we're going to see three teams. I think we're going to see some cutthroat references, and we're going to basically play a game of cutthroat the rest of the way out. That is prediction number three. So one, Ed and Tori, or Ed and Tori, Tori and Emmanuel hook up. Two, Ed and Bettina get picked to go into the layer. Three, they do teams, not individuals. Those are our predictions for this week. And that is the end of this review preview. We're venturing the back half of the season, episode 10. I still stand by the season's been very good so far and has a lot of potential, especially with this possible format twist to be an awesome, awesome season in the back half. Normally these shows... It's kind of a sweet spot. The best of the season is kind of in that middle chunk when we've weeded a couple people out so that we can actually pay attention to most of the people there, but we're not down to just a few people left and super duper serious just talking about the final. That middle of the show is usually kind of the best part of the show and the beginning's kind of usually second. In the end, usually things tail off just from the simple standpoint of there's less people and it gets more and more serious and we just get down to that final at the end and things always, while it's exciting, we see who wins tends to tail off. I think this season could be much different in that while it's been entertaining and good, the the strategically it's just been rookie, 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 and that's add a little bit more of a kind of stasis or boring nature to who's going to go in, who's going to go home. And now we've entered the stretch where we've got the cast that's left is a stellar cast. We've got a lot of interesting subplots between them. We've got a lot of strategy and political social game that could be played. We've got a lot of impressive people in the actual competition side. So I think this could ramp up to being a very, very entertaining and great second half of a season, and especially that last two or three eliminations and challenges before the final, which usually starts to, you know, there's some drama, but that drama is maybe between one or two people of just, will this person or this person make it? I think this time it could be drama all across the board of like, we have no idea until basically we get there who's for sure going to get and end up in this final. So I'm expecting a lot from the next nine episodes of this. I bet you are too. I hope you are too. I hope you'll be watching them and I hope you'll be following along here with the Challenge Historian podcast, which if you are not following, subscribe to. Please do so. Spotify, follow, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, wherever you listen. Hit that subscribe, that follow, rate, review. All of that helps us a lot. That way you don't miss an episode. We will be back tomorrow night Immediately after the episode, we will record, we will post around midnight, late, late, late Wednesday night, first thing when you wake up Thursday morning. It will be in your feeds, our recap of episode 10. We'll find out, are they teams? Are they individual? Are they still pairs? I guess could be there. Whatever happens, we'll find out. Follow us on Instagram at Challenge Historian. Follow us on YouTube, Challenge Historian as well, where we will, I swear, I've said it before and it didn't happen, but this time uh, we're getting that new editing software down. We are going to have our first independent YouTube edited video coming sometime early next week. So follow us there. Follow us everywhere. We thank you for being here. Until we talk to you tomorrow night, peace. Peace.